Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. We're continuing on with our Back to the Basics series. And last, last week we talked about God's name, which kind of followed being buried with him in baptism. So that was kind of a good thing. And now we are going to finish with the gospel part of the basics. We already talked about the the first steps to God, believing and repenting. And repentance is, of course, dying out. It's the death part of the gospel. And then we talked about being buried with him in baptism. That's the burial part of the gospel. And then the resurrection part of the gospel is what we're going to talk about tonight. Amen. That's the power. Praise God that God gives us. Because when you think about it, when you die out and you ask for forgiveness and you change your direction and then you uh, are baptized and sins are washed away, it's kind of like you got a cleaned out house and it's it's a lot of the old junk's thrown out, but it's empty, you know. I mean, it's still you there. But then you need the Lord to come in and help keep it going for us moving forward, showing us what to do. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about risen with him, risen with him. So the very first verse you can turn to if you'd like to. I'm just going to start off with this verse, Colossians 2.12. Colossians 2.12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. So we're buried with him in baptism. We talked about that already uh, a couple weeks ago. But we're that, and then we are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. The whole the whole thing is of God who hath raised him from the dead. So the power that raised Jesus from the dead is what has risen us from the dead, so to speak. Amen. And we are talking about. Uh, the Spirit of God in our lives. So to be risen with Jesus is to receive His resurrection power. Romans 6.4 said, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So the resurrection power is the newness of life. And, uh, and we are raised... Uh, like Jesus was raised, but we are raised in a spiritual sense, uh, in a figurative sense. So the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead wants to live in our hearts so we can walk in newness of life. Amen. And I'm, I'm talking to, uh, I'm looking at people that have uh, been risen with him. Amen. And that's a wonderful experience. Uh, and we just hope more and more people will, uh, will get this experience in their lives. So Romans 8:11 said, "If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you." So once we have that spirit inside of us, he'll give he gives us life and more abundant life. But then when it comes time if we die, uh, you know, before he comes, or if we're alive when he comes, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will raise us up from the dead. 
amen, or will cause us to fly and meet him in the air, depending on how, whatever the situation is. Now, there are so many things that the Spirit of God does for our lives when he lives inside of us. He's our comforter. He's our guide. He gives us a better understanding of the Bible. He helps us pray better. He gives us power to resist and to fight the enemy. He brings to our remembrance things that the Bible says to not only help us, but also to help somebody that maybe we're talking to. And have you ever talked to somebody and about the Lord or whatever, and all of a sudden you start remembering things and scriptures come to your mind, and you didn't even remember that you knew that. And it just can't, of course, we got to put it in there for us to recall it. You know, we can't just open our mouth uh, because God will just fill it with air. Uh, you know, and we got to have more than air. We got to have some scriptures in there to tell somebody about the Lord. Amen. And so it's powerful when we, you know, read the Bible and study the Bible and remember scriptures in the Bible. Uh, God will bring things to our remembrance. Uh, the Spirit of God in us will do that for us. And uh, last but not least, when the time comes, He will transform us so we can spend eternity with Him. Amen. Uh, the Bible said we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed because some of us will be alive when He comes. We don't know when that happens, but it's coming soon. So it's important to understand that receiving this wonderful Spirit of God in our lives is not optional. It's not just an extra benefit to take advantage of uh, if we so choose. We have to have it to, to successfully live an overcoming life for God. This experience is absolutely essential to our salvation. Now, Jesus himself, he stressed this very point in John chapter 3, verse number 3. And uh, he was talking to one of the religious leaders named Nicodemus who... Uh, came to him at night because Nicodemus didn't want anybody to see him talking to Jesus because he got, could have got thrown out of the, the religious uh, group that he was involved with. But you see, not all the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees and the elders, not all of them were against Jesus. Some of them in their heart believed that hey, this guy has something. There's something about him. But they had to kind of keep it under wraps because they didn't want to, you know, be called out or be condemned by it. So Nicodemus came to Jesus at night so no one would see him and started talking to him and said, you know, I know that you're, you've come from God because no man can do the things that you've done. And so I know there's something about you. And then Jesus didn't even acknowledge that. Jesus said unto him, uh, most assuredly I say to you, John 3, 3, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So Nicodemus is thinking, kind of naturally when Jesus is saying this about being born again. And so he says, oh, am I, am I, uh, how, how am I going to be born? How am I going to, you know, uh, is my mother going to give birth to me again? And he said, no, no. Uh, he said, you must be born of water and spirit. He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That's one thing. That's what Nicodemus was talking about. 
But Jesus said, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit, and we got to be born in the Spirit. And see, he, he said, don't marvel, you know, uh, and uh, don't, uh, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised that I am telling you that you must be born again. Amen. So Jesus let us know in no uncertain terms, we must be born again if we're going to see or enter into the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God, first and foremost, is the church. And I'm not talking about the church building or an organization. I'm talking about the church worldwide. Anybody that's saved, anybody that's, that's walking with God, they're in part of the church. Amen. There's only one church. And it's just, it's everybody that's saved is all part of it. I know there's some, there's different names and different this and that, but there's only one church. And so we have to first get into the kingdom of God on this earth, and then eventually we'll go to the kingdom of God in heaven. Amen. So, uh, so he explained what being born again means. It's being born of water and the spirit. And he said, being, you must be born again. Now, when we are, that, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. When we are born of the flesh, we were all in this sack, right? And, and just floating in amniotic fluid. And we're just like in there, you know. And when that, when that uh, water breaks, then, you know, hey, all hands on deck. We got, we got to get this going. Everybody, whoop, grab your bag and let's get to the hospital. And uh, so when the water breaks, um, that's kind of the birth of the water part of the flesh uh, birth. And then when the baby is born, I don't know if they still do this, but back in the old days, my mom said that they used to kind of, they wanted to make sure, and they probably still do, they want to make sure to hear that those lungs are doing good and that baby can make some noise. They used to like, you know, you just pat them a little bit or something to get them if they weren't uh, making noise, but they want to hear some sound coming from that baby. And, and the spirit of life, even though the life was still in, was, was part uh, in that baby in the womb when they took their first breath. So they are born of the water when the water broke, and then they're born of the spirit, so to speak, when they came out and started, you know, that those lungs started crying or making noise or whatever. But he said, you must be born again. So he's talking about a different kind of water and spirit uh, situation. John chapter 7 in verse 38, Jesus said, He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly or out of his innermost being or his heart shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Amen. And so, you see, we should receive the Spirit. The Spirit is part. Amen. Those that are believers should receive the Spirit of God. Amen. This experience is so essential that Jesus told his disciples to wait until they received it before they did anything else. After Jesus rose from the dead and before he went up into heaven, he told them, he said, I want you to go wait until you get this experience. Wait till you are born of the Spirit. Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or that word means wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So they were told to stay in Jerusalem and wait till you get this power. Wait till you get this experience and then go out. 
and then start churches and then, you know, uh, do what you need to do to, uh, to get this gospel spread to everywhere. And, you know, Luke, of course, wrote the book of Luke. Luke was actually a doctor. And Luke actually also wrote the book of Acts. So you'll see some similarities in Luke and, and Acts in those two books. But Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. So he said, wait till you be endued with power from on high. And then uh, and, and that was before he uh, ascended up into heaven. And this same uh, passage in Acts chapter 1, it's talking about Jesus before he ascended up into heaven after his resurrection. And he said the same thing. You shall receive power so that, you know, and it's going to come upon you. And then you're going to be my witnesses. Then you're going to spread the gospel. Now that word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. And the word dunamis is where we get the word dynamite. Amen. So dynamite came from the word dunamis, and it means miraculous power. It means strength. So we got to get God's dynamite, so to speak. We got to get the power in our lives. Power to shine bright for Jesus. Power to be a witness of His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, and His love, and what He can do. Amen. And so to be born of the Spirit is to receive the Spirit. And then we know Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So these, were, these all three of these things are, are very important for every believer to have in their lives. Repentance, baptism, and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost does so much for us. We can't live for God without it. Amen. And so when we repent and are baptized, we have the promise that we shall receive the Spirit of God in our lives. And, but it's not going to be an automatic thing. It's up to us to seek it and receive this wonderful gift from God. Amen. We need to seek after it. Praise the Lord. And uh, it's not just going to come automatically. Now, some, some people, the minute they repent, uh, you, know, uh, and, you know, I've seen you know, people come and just get the Holy Ghost just really fast. And I'm like, woo, that's awesome. Praise God. And then others, it, it takes some time or whatever, but it, it all is about seeking after it. Amen. Now, in Samaria, in Acts chapter 8, those who believed in Jesus were baptized, but they had not received the Spirit yet. So Peter and John were called to come over there, and they prayed for them and laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. You see how important that was? They sent two of the, uh, of the apostles over to help these people receive the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 8, verse 15 said when who when they were come down they prayed for them that they might receive the holy ghost then they laid their hands on them and they received the holy ghost and then paul and acts chapter 19 he came across some disciples and asked them if they had received the holy ghost since they believed so that just lets me know that the holy ghost baptism is a separate experience from believing believing is our first step that's you know we got to believe you know, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder 
of them that diligently seek him. So when they said, you know, when he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And, they, and these people were called disciples. And when they said they had not, he laid hands on them and they received the Holy, Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 19, verse 2, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. So it's important to understand that receiving the Spirit of God in our lives is definitely separate and distinct experience from believing. It does not automatically happen when we believe, yet it, it can sometimes because the person has, has just quickly submitted and repented in their hearts, uh, you know, uh, so fast that, you know, because God will do it because, you know, you, he, he's looking for hungry hearts and he'll, he'll just fill anybody. He doesn't care where they're at, what they're doing. If they, if they believe in him and they repent from their heart and they, they seek and believe that that gifts for them, he'll fill them. Amen. Now, Jesus gave us an important clue as to how we would know that we have or somebody has received the spirit of God in their lives. Now, now we, we already talked about John chapter 3, about Nicodemus and about Jesus saying he must be born again of water and spirit to see the enter in the kingdom of God. But Jesus gave us a clue, a very interesting clue as to how we know that someone has received the spirit of God or we've received it. John chapter three, verse eight, he said, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. Everybody say everyone. So he said, everyone who's born of the Spirit, he, so he's comparing the Spirit to the wind, first of all. And he said, the wind blows where it wants to, and so does the Spirit of God. And you can hear the sound of the wind, but you can't, since it's invisible like the Spirit, you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. You know, sometimes we come to church, you know, Thursday night, Sunday morning, or whatever, and we'll, we'll be singing songs or whatever. And then can you feel sometimes how the Spirit just, I don't know if it came in that door, that door, the roof coming up from the bottom, coming up the sides, whatever. It just comes, and you start feeling like, you know, and then uh, the place sometimes goes up in smoke, like, woo, you know, praise God. And everyone just, you know, uh, the Spirit just comes in. It's like a wind. It's, you can't tell where it's coming from or where it goes. But he said you can hear the sound of it. Okay, so is everyone born of the Spirit. You, there's a sound. You can hear that. So he let us know everyone who's born of the Spirit, there's a distinct sound associated with it. It would be a, a universal sign. It would be an unmistakable sign. And he let us know that this sign would follow believers. Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall speak with new tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse 2, when the, when the, remember he told them in uh, Luke 24, 47, and uh, uh, Acts 1, 8, to wait till you get the power. So they were waiting. They went to that upper room, and they were waiting in that upper room, and, and uh, historians and scholars say that they were there probably anywhere from 7 to 10 days waiting for the Spirit to be poured out on them, just waiting, praying worshiping and waiting amen and then the day came praise god and acts 2 verse 2 said and suddenly amen that's how fast it can happen and suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And now each of them, the ones that were in the upper room, there was a hundred and twenty. The hundred and twenty, because we get that number from Acts chapter one, Mary, the mother of Jesus, some of the other women, the, the apostles, some of the other people. You know, after after all the dust settled, 120 faithful followers are waiting for the promise, waiting for the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And verse 4 said, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. So they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they didn't make it up. No one taught them how to do it. It's the Spirit that gave them the ability to do that. It's, it's, it's their mouth. It's our mouth, our tongue, but it's God's Spirit. So from the beginning of the church, some 2,000 years ago until today, you know, uh, the, the 19th of May, 2022, the evidence of someone filled with the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. This is the same criteria that Peter used to verify that Cornelius, the Roman centurion, and those in his household truly received the Holy Ghost. Remember, Peter was, uh, was the angel, the angel came to Cornelius and uh, said that, you know, I'm going to send someone, God, you know, God's heard your prayer, and we're going to send someone here to uh, tell you all about it, what you need to do to be saved. And so God talked to Peter, and Peter came to Cornelius' house, and uh, he had his, him and his family and some friends gathered there in the house, and Peter began to teach and preach. I don't know, he was just up in the living room talking to him. And uh, while he was preaching, Acts chapter 10, 44, while Peter yet spake these words, right in the middle of his lesson, message, whatever, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, in other words, the Jews that, that came with Peter, they, uh, they, they, they were astonished, that those that came with Peter, because there were some that came with Peter that were just you know, standing or sitting off to the side listening to him talk. They, they were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How'd they know? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues. How'd they know? You know, that it's, it's a universal sign. I mean, otherwise, how would we know? Well, you're going to grin ear to ear. Well, you're going you're gonna to do some cartwheels. Well, you know, some people might not be able to do cartwheels, you know. Uh, I couldn't do a cartwheel, so glad that wasn't the sign, you know. Something else, you know, but it's a universal sign. And then when Paul found those disciples in Ephesus that, that had uh, not received the Holy Ghost since they believed, he taught them about it, and then he laid hands on them, and they received the Spirit. Acts 19, 6, when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues. And Apostle Paul, he said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, what he didn't mean, but he didn't mean by that, he didn't mean, I thank my God that I talk in tongues more. I, I talk more tongues than all of you. That's not what he was saying. Like, you know, I, I talk in tongues for hours and hours or something, so it's way more than you guys talk in tongues. That's not what he was saying. 
he said he was just saying I'm he he felt like he was more thankful, more grateful, and more appreciative than all the people around him that had the Holy Ghost. Um, that that he he was he spoke in tongues. That's what he was saying. He goes, I am so thankful to God that I'm speaking in tongues, that, and I think I'm more thankful than all of you. That's what he was saying. Amen. Praise God. So if you have not received this wonderful spirit of God with this wonderful sign that, that shows that you have it, I encourage everyone to seek after it. Amen. And seek God in faith for it because it's for everybody. This wonderful, powerful gift is a promise and it's for everyone. Acts 2.39, after Acts 2.38, uh, you know, he said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What's the next verse, 2.39? This promise, the promise of the Holy Ghost, the promise of the gift of God, the promise of the Father, this promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off. All that are far off. So everybody. Or that would be you, your children, you know, your descendants, your grandchildren, your children's children, and all that are far off. That would be far off in other lands, in other countries or other places, other continents, and far off down the road, years down the road. Amen. This promise is for everybody. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.